Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Big day for sports fans, especially if you're into that Dodgers-Giants thing. Game 5 tonight. And... Tampa Bay Bucks, Philadelphia Eagles. We've got the Thursday night football game for you. We got some sports last night. The Jazz wrapped up the preseason. Everyone's talking about Butler. Where's he going to fit in the rotation? They can't possibly not play him. We're going to hear from the Jazz in the postgame after the final preseason game of the year. Quinn Snyder will talk about Butler and uh, what he has seen from him. That's coming up. We're going to start you out, though, with a little BYU football this morning. Former BYU wide receiver Dylan Colley joining PK and I right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dylan, good morning. How are we doing? We're doing well. We're doing all right this morning. I'm curious. You know, we all make predictions and make picks. People want them. Nobody follows these contests. Nobody straight straight up. Forget the line. Straight up. Nobody can really pick more than about seventy. If you're really red hot, seventy five percent of the winners. It's hard to pick a game before a game. But having said that, it was hard to pick that BYU game in the game after two possessions. They're up ten nothing, and there is no hint that they're going to be held to seven points the rest of the game and turn it over four times. And to the coaches, uh, Arod said this on TV: the amount of times that they lined up wrong or ran a play wrong for a play that they have practiced and lined up for plenty of times and run plenty of times, it it was just. Uh, it was incredible that they, they messed up basic stuff they know. What do you think turned that game around? Because at 10 nothing, there was no hint that stuff's coming. Yeah, I think ultimately, right, what it comes down to is uh, I think BYU is just worn out. Um, and I think that comes with new territory, right? Uh, in order to put yourself in a position to be a a top, top-tier football program. It just goes back to the fact that your bad days can't be uh, anywhere near as bad as, as your opponents, right, especially at that level. And so, um, you know, I, I was at the game. Uh, I, caught the, I caught the second half of it, and you could just – I mean, to be honest, like it was the, – the receivers looked tired – they looked worn out. Um, they had some struggles kind of covering themselves up uh, and didn't really give Baylor the best opportunity. And so, you know, you hear about assignments and things like that, and it's those little things that really do make a difference. And, you know, uh, that's I think that was the biggest the biggest difference from what we've seen. And uh, you just – that's you got to be able to maintain it. you got to be able to maintain it all season, and you can't make mistakes like that in, you know, five, six games in the season. Yeah, it was almost like the law of averages caught up with them because they hadn't lost a fumble through five games, which is stunning that it was that. And that's a large portion of the reason why they won. And then they have the three fumbles, which was a large portion of why they lost when you look at the turnover margin and losing that particular statistic four zero and they were all devastating two created short fields for Boise and then one you look like you were going to maybe possibly get a touchdown you were driving and you know really would have made a difference so I can't say that it's an epidemic with them I'm wondering you know was just that do you think it was just that one game the ball got loose they'll be more cognizant of it going forward and they'll be able to get a handle on it 
Yeah, I mean, once again, like you said, right, it's, it's a law of averages. How often does that happen to them? And over the last two seasons, how often does that happen to, to Peeney and uh, to Tyler, right? Um, they're generally, right, very, very secure running backs who don't lose the ball, um, you know, and through Jaron's first few games and obviously coming back from that injury, he, uh, you know, you, you haven't seen him make some of the decisions that he's made. And so, you know, that's that's all part of it's it's one game right now on the other hand i think we all saw exactly what boise state is capable of right for the first five games of the season they were only really a first half team and to be able to see all four quarters of boise state football again you realize why right they've been a top 25 team consistently throughout the last decade and have been a very good football program and i think uh this game for them was huge, and they kind of catch the catch the wind and can hopefully kind of keep on the the path that they were on from Saturday and, and playing extremely physical and playing that you know old school uh, Boise State football. When BYU uh, the announcement came and BYU is going to the Big Twelve, I uh, I started checking to see how often BYU had played some of these teams, how it had gone. It turns out for a lot of these teams in the Big Twelve, they've played them one or two times in bowl games. In the case of West Virginia, it was a regular season game, but it was one time mm-hmm. a neutral, you know, on the NFL field in Washington. Uh, there just isn't much history. So as much as you're starting to watch, you know, how this season is going to go because it looks pretty good, although it won't be unbeaten, and so this game matters this season. How much are you looking forward to uh, BYU at Baylor just because it's the start of a new tradition and there really isn't much to build on there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it, it really does kind of give people an insight into what the new era of BYU football is, right, and the ability to go into the 12 stadiums. And I think it's a huge kind of moment for – BYU in the Big 12 in the sense of the Big 12 gets to see what BYU truly brings to the table when they travel, right? Um, you know, you've kind of heard about it and you've seen it secondhand, but to see it now firsthand with them officially saying, hey, all right, now all eyes are on you from the Big 12's perspective and you're going to see, you know, uh, a very large amount of blue and white in that Baylor Stadium. Uh, and I think that's going to be kind of like that moment of like, okay, Right, this can be good football, but more importantly, right, BYU is going to travel and they're going to bring in the revenue necessary uh, to make this a good move. So that's it's, it's huge. Jaron Hall looks like he might be. I don't know if he's hesitant to run. If they've told him not to run because his injuries have occurred on runs. Uh, well, he's such a dynamic athlete that I think it's a shame and it will hurt BYU if he can't use his legs. Uh, so with that in mind, if he's hesitant or they've told him not to run, whatever it might be, would you consider going to Romney? It looks like Romney might be. I can't say it unequivocally, yeah. but he might be a better passer. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I think. I think you you stay with Jaron and obviously, right? The the injury that occurred, it wasn't just a matter of. Hey, we knocked you out of the, or you knocked the, you got the wind knocked out of him, right? Um, and so, you know, in order for him to be effective, and, and BYU knows this, offensive staff knows this, right? He needs to be able to use both his his arm and his legs. And so, you know, that type of 
game plan is is huge. It's just a matter of ensuring that, hey, this is bigger than, you know, you need to go out and win games, and we need to win games. And so we need to use your feet. We need you to use your arm. And whatever we have to do from the mental side, right, because physically he's going to be taken care of. The, the guy puts in more work than anybody, and he's going to make sure he's 100% healthy, and the training staff is going to take care of him. But we need to make sure that he's locked in mentally to trust that he can use his legs. And they need to make that a part of the game plan. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to kind of keep people on on, on their toes. Um, both of those aspects are, of his game are so good that you can't just, you can't just replace him. Uh, you got you to keep rolling with him because I think it just shows a lot of trust in your game plan from the very beginning and not hitting the panic button just because one game down, right? Well, the other thing is, even if he can't or doesn't or shouldn't run, whatever, the defense doesn't know that. I mean, the threat of him running is worth something, whether he runs or not, isn't it? Absolutely. No question. But you do need to be able to see it, right? If you if you bring the house and he's trying to get outside the pocket, but he sees a lane and there's a couple defenders, uh, it's very easy for a defensive coordinator to tell, hey, he's hesitant in hitting that hole, right? Uh, and so that threat can only last so long. It's got about one more game in it, but if he doesn't, you know, start start running, teams are going to start to compress and know, hey, this is this is a little bit more than just knock the wind out of him, or this is a little bit more than, you know, hey, uh, I we're just not running because it's part of the game plan, right? Yeah. So you look at the second half of the season, they're at the halfway point, and they're 5-1. and one. We know the teams they beat going forward. Looks like they would have victories minimally over Idaho State and Georgia Southern, so that brings them to seven. And they've got four more power fives with Baylor, Washington State, uh, Virginia, and SC. So to get to nine, all they have to do is split those four games. And I think, obviously, well, the goal would be to win all six, obviously. But mm-hmm. maybe, to me, if you go 10-2 and two this season – that's a really good season. So you're looking at uh, what eleven and one and ten and two, uh, pretty pretty impressive when you think about it. What do you think they do? Can they get to ten wins? Yeah, I mean, it it is it is all a matter right of how consistent they stay. If this is hey, we're going to play three games and then have a hiccup game like they did the other day, right? Um, or, hey, the next three games are super close, then you're kind of bound and inevitable to, to lose the fourth one. Um, if, if they really bounce back from this game and pick themselves off and say, pick themselves up and say, hey, this is, we can't let this happen again, and here's how we're going to do that, right? Here's how we're going to ensure that we're playing consistent football, that our bad days really aren't, you know, awful days <laughs> like, like uh, this last Saturday you have to ensure that that type of confidence is instilled in everybody and you're able to go out and execute to be able to be a part of that big, you know, tier two, tier one college football program. Um, but if it's, we're hanging by a thread for three games and we lose one and hanging by a thread for another three games and lose one, it's just, uh, I, I think 10 wins is very difficult, but I, I personally have faith that everybody. You know, it's picking themselves up and saying, okay, we don't let that happen again. And, you know, they can go in each week and play football the way that they know how in the most consistent way possible and the way that they did it for, you know, both of the top 25 wins that they had, right? Uh, and so now it's just a matter of 
climbing back up the charts and making sure you kind of make a statement and prove people uh, prove people wrong. Do you find Baylor to be a little bit of a mystery? Have you been tracking him this year and you got some stuff you definitely know about him? It's definitely a mystery. Uh, and that's only because of their new offensive coordinator. Right. What are they bringing to the table? What are they going to show? Who's the one that's actually calling the plays? Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the big question, right? Uh, depending on how many times they fake the jet sweep, you'll have a pretty good idea of who's calling the plays. Um, but, I mean, this last week, I think you saw a different Baylor football team. They were, you know, exciting, fun, getting it through the air and making an impact on offense. And so... You know, uh, it's all it's all just dependent about how much power they put in in Grimes' hands. So you're saying Grimes likes to fake the jet sweep a lot? Yeah, I'm not sure if you were uh, able to watch 2018, but I probably faked the jet sweep about 1,500 <laughs> times. Well, you got yourself in shape then. <laughs> oh, I was in shape. <laughs> sideline to sideline, baby. <laughs> Hey, they had to respect your speed. No question. What did it say about no you? Question. I think it said good things about you. You seem to resent all those forty-yard uh, gassers you had to run. Let me tell you, it was a uh, it was a tough one. When I did get it, though, it worked out. It wasn't it wasn't a half bad, but let me tell you. You think it was we, punishment or something? So you just said it, it instead of after been. practice, just do it during the games. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, honestly, it may have been. It may have been. All right, Dylan, we appreciate a few minutes. We will watch for the jet sweep and <laughs> jet the sweep. fake jet oh, I'm going to watch them both. I'm going to watch for the jet sweep and the fake jet sweep. When I can't Absolutely. sleep from now on, I'm going to have Dylan Colley in my mind. Instead of sheep, he's going to be running sideline to sideline. <laughs> just, just side One Dylan side. Colley, two Dylan Colley, three Dylan Colley. No question. No question. All right. Thanks, Dylan. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. There is Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to Waco for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Jazz start the season next Wednesday. They wrapped up the preseason last night. Let's have the best of the postgame show with Jake and the guys right now at 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Uh, Jake Scott with you. The Jazz win last night their final preseason contest against Milwaukee Bucks, 124 to 120. The starters uh, got minutes in the teens last night. The young guys got a lot of work uh, in the Jazz victory. Uh, Jordan Clarkson led the way. He had 18 points, led the team in rebounding last night, too, with eight boards. Uh, rookie Jared Butler had 16 points, seven assists coming in off the bench. Uh, Mike Conley finished with 13 points, Donovan with 12, Bogdanovich had 14. Let's get you some postgame sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. How important is that for him and kind of your offense when you guys are able to get out of transition and make good things happen? Um, our offense, first of all. It's not, you said my offense. I always get that, my, my offense. It's like with this group, it's definitely our offense. And you just gave a great example of it because, you know, JC, a lot of times he's running. Um, but particularly, you know, when he sees a clean, you know, an empty corner, you know, he can really attack and then he gets into a pick and roll situation that, that he's really good at. So I think it's true of all of us. And, you know, when, when he's talking about us running, when he does it, you know, that's something that, that I've talked to him about is like you, if you're running, you have the opportunity to hold other guys accountable as well. You know, and that, that's, that's the growth that we need on our team. Just talking about a couple of nice shots in the corner or passes to the corner. But yeah. Growth in the system. And- I, I mean, I think if you've you see, Son, there's there's some things that that he, he's done throughout his career, and you know when those opportunities come to recognize them, um, they don't. You know, it's not going to present itself if we're throwing ahead and Boyan's shooting the three. And then it's going to be you know get to the offensive glass, and there's probably a reason Boyan's open is because Hassan has run. So um, I, I thought Hassan was really good defensively, you know, and uh, and really competed. Was happy with that. Jared had another game where he seemed like the moment wasn't too big for him, whether he's going against Giannis or going against Drew or, or getting that extended run in the second period to kind of yeah. lead the offense. What, what did you see out of his game tonight? I, I think Jared's finding a balance, you know, between um, being, you know, his ability to create, um, whether it be for himself and other, you know, his teammates and just, you know, his habits, getting getting used to playing with people. That, that you know, that – that group, um, you know, I challenged them to like really think lift their level, whether it be defensively or running, you know, and he was a catalyst to that as well. And those thought those guys did a really good job, you know, as, as they were in. Sometimes as you come in the game, you know, you got to throw yourself into the game. And that's not as easy as it sounds, you know, you kind of work your way into it. But it's it's important because you know, those minutes – you know, coming in, being ready right away to compete, doing things that, you know, going to the offensive glass, running, just those those little things, you know, they take focus. And, you know, we make them important. And I thought those guys really did that, you know, more and more as the game progressed for them. Sorry, Tom. What was the one thing that you were most encouraged about with Jared's game tonight? I, I, I mean, I think that, that he's learning, you know, and I, I think he's, you know, if I could take it away from analyzing like his every piece of his game, and you know, I've talked about just being focused on getting better, and I thought he got better throughout the course of the game. What's allowing Eli to be successful right now? When he runs the court, you know, and and just keeps it simple because, 
you know, he, he's a talented offensive player, you know, I, I think. But, you know, for, for all those guys we're talking about, you know, for them to impact our team, they've got to defend. I mean, that, that's what we should be talking about really only because the offense will come. It'll, it'll happen. You know, they'll be open at times. They'll be instinctive. Um, but if they can, you know, if you can just defend and run the court, you know, you end up like Royce O'Neal and you're a starter. Back when you guys first got JC in the trade, we talked to you about how he's not really known for his defense, he's known for his scoring. You said that one of the things that was special about him is that he would do what he asked him to do, that he was a try guy. Mm-hmm. What is it that you've asked him to do on the defensive side that has maybe changed over the last couple of seasons? I, I think, first of all, what you said, they just he's, he's a coachable you know, coachable guy. And, and he's somebody that for me is, you know, you can communicate with him. I want him to communicate more to everybody else too. Cause I think, you know, when, when he's really working to defend, you know, suddenly you have even more credibility. Um, but I think he's worked at it, you know, defense, just like offense, you know, there's things fundamentally that, that allow you to be good at it. Um, you know, he had one possession today where he defended the ball. And the other night, he, he fouled in the same situation. And tonight, he showed his hands and just got wider and longer and just leveled the ball off. So, um, that's true for all of us. You know, as we've talked about containing the ball, um, that takes concentration and, and really, you know, doing things a certain way fundamentally that allows you to be better at that. You know, I think that's something that we've seen in the preseason with Boyan. You know, that it's it's important to him. And, you know, I think that's been true of our group in general. We talked about it with Donovan. Um, you know, I've seen it with Mike. Um, you know, we obviously expect it, you know, with Royce. We don't want to – I think all of our guys understand that if we can defend and get stops, that's when we really – you know, we're pretty good in transition. Coach, at the beginning of preseason, you talked about the importance of players maturing um, no matter what year they are in. Yeah. Um, and now with preseason wrapped, how do you think this team has matured in preparation for the season? Um, you know, I think at that point I was referring, I think more to individual guys getting better. Um, but, but I think just continuing to in, in the front of our minds, you know, know the things that we have to do, um, to, to, to be better as a team, you know, against the highest level of competition at the times that it matters most. You know, we didn't do a very good job, you know, when they put Giannis at the five, you know, they were switching one through five and we didn't do a good job of that for, you know, a number of possessions. And then we got better at it, you know, throughout the game. So there's some things like that that we need to continue to work on with our execution. Um, they're a little different, um, but I think fit our team. And, you know, we haven't gone to the offensive boards, you know, the way that I've wanted to see, but, you know, that's something, you know, that's been important to us and needs to continue to be important to us. So, there's always an ebb and flow to those things, um, you know, and it's really about you, know, you, you just you want to ask for perfection, know that you're not going to get it and, you know, get as much as you can. And, you know, that's just not me and the coaches. That's, you know, our guys asking that of themselves. That's the maturity that really I think is there.
that we want to be there. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team uh, finishes the preseason at two and two after beating the the Milwaukee Bucks one twenty four to one twenty. Uh, let's now hear from Jared Butler, who finished up a great preseason, had sixteen point seven assists, and managed to foul out in twenty two minutes. Here's what he had to say after the game. Good to play in front of the home crowd. Yeah, for sure. I was. Um, I was more excited for this game than all the other games I've had um, just because it's like, you know, feeling like home and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah you faced Alex, Giannis, and you faced Luca. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, what's that like compared to what you're doing in college when you learn quickly? Uh, you, you jump right in the water, you know. Um, I get in the game, first game against the Spurs. Um, Del Dems is like, you got DeJounte Murray. I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, let's go. Um, but, you know, it's just – just got to jump in the water and you're, you're with a bunch of sharks and you got to see if you're a shark or not, you know? Thoughts on your performance against Drew Holiday, obviously one of the defensive guards in the game. How was that? Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I faced a similar defender with Davion Mitchell. They get, both got the same habits, and um, so I'm, I'm kind of used to it. But, um, yeah, he's a great defender. And um, I felt like I handled a little bit, but, you know, he's. I think he, he won the matchup, though. You feel like you made a case to be part of the rotation? I hope so. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's all about trust. And, um, you know, if I'm a head coach – um, playing with the team with the best record in the league, you know, why do I need to put this rookie in? That's how I'm looking at it, and I'm just trying to um, make the case of why you should. And you know, if any way I can help, that's all I'm trying to do. Where do you feel like you're doing well, and where do you feel like there's still room to improve? Um, I think showing that I can shoot the ball um, off the dribble and catch and shoot is something that um, the Jazz like and what they love. And um, what I think I need to improve on is definitely just. If, if I'm in the game with Donovan Mitchell, um, Jordan Clarkson, and you know Bojan, like I'm more of a mover, um, not not a less a, a scorer. So I think that's a part of the game that I'm gonna have to switch on when I'm with those guys. I had the six fouls tonight and just kind of yeah. thinking back at them, which ones you kind of wish you had back and what, what did you learn? A lot of the, like, um, we call them Euro files where it's like, you know, fast break and I just, you know, follow them on purpose kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been always a part of my game. Um, I don't know why. I just, there's just a lot of basketball games I've played in. I'm never too high, never too low. Yeah. Do you feel yourself thinking it? I mean, like at one point, Nassus was too far off you and you pulled up, and then another time he'd be too close and you beat him off the dribble. Like, what, what are you seeing there? Is it just automatic or do you have to think? I mean, it's like, it's a lot of it's my personality, a lot of it's, um, um, I, I'm okay with the weight of the world on my shoulders. So a lot of times, um, I don't know. It's, it's really just kind of who I am. You've been able to beat a lot of people off the dribble. Do you feel like they're almost surprised that you have such good handles? Yeah, Drew Holiday today, he said, oh, you can handle the ball? I was like, yeah. So I guess a lot of – I mean, people aren't watching scouting reports and stuff like that um, this early in the season. So, yeah, um, kind of have a knack for that too. Is there some of these crossover you like growing up? Chris Paul, of course. Um, Jamal Crawford was a big, big guy for me. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, defensively, what are you hearing from the coaching staff stuff that they're maybe pointing out to you on that side? Yeah, not too much. Um, just guard your yard. Um, you know, the, um, the the ball screen coverages are a different aspect, but I think mainly just making sure um, if I'm guarding a guy one on one, you know, I got to win that matchup. Yeah. Do you notice going away and like guys like Tim Cook watching you courtside and like is that? <laughs> nah, it nah. It it did, but nah, it doesn't. Now nah, it's like, all right, I'm in the NBA. I got I can't focus on that anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's, the, uh, what's the balance for you when you know that you can pretty much get where you want off the dribble, but you also know that you have to run off? Yeah, yeah, that's that's when that's one thing I'm you know super trying to focus on is getting guys shots. Um, you know, it's 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 good to know that I can get my shot when I want to, but like you said, I, I got to be able to get guys shots and get the team feeling the same way, you know, so. Along those lines, what was it like in that second quarter stretch where, you know, Don is sitting, Mike is sitting, and, and all of a sudden, you're the guy running the show with the regulars. <laughs> They're not regulars. They're great guys. Um, and when DA dunked it, that was a great moment. Um, though getting the dunk, that was a great moment. It's, it's just fun, you know, winning and the crowd was into it. Um, super fun. There's not a lot of guys like Rudy Gobert on the planet. What's it like playing pick and roll with him? He's, he's, he's actually, um, he's, he, he plays the mind game with me a lot of times. Usually the guard is more, you know, savvy and trying to pick apart the, the big, but he's like playing the game with me almost. And he's, he's taught me a lot, especially what, what bigs look for in the pick and roll and stuff like that. Thoughts on your progression throughout the preseason from the first game to now? Did you accomplish what you wanted to? I guess. I kind of didn't have any expectations. I just wanted to get adjusted and um, feel like, you know, I'm, I'm going to play in this league a long time. And um, I think for the most part, I, I thought that right now. Uh, Utah is known for one of the best arenas, especially when it comes to our fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a small taste of that tonight. What is your first impression of the fans? I love them. They're um, – Hopefully they're reliable and um, um, consistent, you know, no matter if I play or not. So I'm just excited for that for sure. There you go. That's Jared Butler. All right. There's a little bit on the jazz and we will have more from the preseason finale. Looking ahead to the season opener next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a bye week, the Aggies look to keep their Mountain West Conference Championship hopes alive as they head south to Las Vegas for a battle against the Rebels of UNLV. Hear all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 4. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Jazz wrap up the preseason by beating the Bucks. The bigger focus, though, where do they go from here? Regular season starts Wednesday. Let's get you back to the best of the postgame show. Let's now hear from my favorite interview on the team. That is Jordan Clarkson. What are some of the things that stood out to you from that group, maybe individual guys? Uh, I mean, Trent, uh, you know, seeing him from last year, too, seeing him this year, you can see a big difference in his game. Uh he knows his reads. He's making plays, getting in the lane. Uh, he's shooting. <clears throat> when I seen him in the tra- in the in like the preseason games, he was shooting his three. Like, you know, he had more confidence in that. Uh, Eli uh, getting out there, making plays, making threes, um, just having a pace and stuff to, you know, make moves, look more comfortable with the ball. I think he had a, a great play today. I was in the restroom, but. Said he got to the rim and like he just kind of slipped the ball, but you know it was a great move. But you see all those guys kind of progressing as well, and then JB, J, um, you know, just kind of learning. You know, it's uh, but you can see his his pace, his ability to uh, change speeds and get to the spot and uh, finish uh, against bigger guys. And um, trying to think, it was Mie doing, you know, what he does. He comes in. A lot of the times, uh, 
you know, last year with our group and um, this preseason, most of the time his job is like a guard, like the best player. You know, he does a good job of doing that, crashing the boards and making an open three. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure, uh, think of another young guy. Yeah, yeah. But those are like the the ones that, you know, I've, I've seen and uh, been around and uh, been like, you know, kind of in the ear, just talking to them throughout the whole pre- preseason. You were really hyped on. I mean, the whole bench was right. I guess while you guys were sitting courtside, what do you remember about when you were part of that young Lakers group and like what it meant to have the veterans have your back? Um, it means a lot. You know, just having that support. Um, you know, kind of look at it from like the other mirror. You know, now I'm kind of like in that you know situation where. I'm becoming like an older guy and that's a, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, uh, the same thing, you know, they gave me the support, Lou Williams, uh, Nick Young, Kobe, um, Carlos Boozer, all those guys, you know, gave us like great confidence when we was, um, you know, younger and coming up in the league. And, you know, that's always like, that's like the best praise you can get from your peers. And, um, you know, being excited, having, you know, that confidence and that energy, like, push towards y'all. I think it's uh, it's great for the young guys. There are a couple times tonight where you push the ball hard down the middle of the floor in transition, like, almost like Russ or John Wall would be, you know, like, has that been a focus for you? And kind of, when are you trying to do that? Um, I mean, the majority of the time, I'm, like, we got to – I was kind of, like, stressing that to Jared a little bit um, in the game crossing like half court before like 20 and like 23 because you, know, you make so many passes in between that time if we over that if we over that line you know in between those that time we good we got enough options to you know figure it out even if a play is broke or whatever so I was just trying to get down the court and uh you know I was just trying to make plays and I knew you know those guys you know Brooke Lopez and everything if I was getting down the floor, they might have had a switch or they might have been confused and then Brooke would end up, you know, guarding me and a lot of mismatches in that situation. But, um, yeah, that's a big thing for us, you know, pushing the ball, getting up and down the court, getting more possessions and uh, open shots. You said that uh, you pushing the ball in transition is in a way, um, kind of a way for you to hold other guys accountable, but this is why I think that's important. You need to, is that like something you consciously thought about? Like, is that something you talked to the other guys about? Uh, yeah, that's what I was like. Because I was kind of harping the coach when uh, when I was running with that uh, younger group in the second half. was just like, yeah, we got we to gotta keep pushing the ball. We got to get more possessions if we, we plan like this. And just kind of letting Jared know kind of how the game goes and how we want, want the offense to flow and everything. And, um, you know, sometimes when you – the action doesn't work on this side. You want to have enough time to get to the second and third action and uh, make the next play. So it was just a big thing. So I just was like, man, I'm doing it. And then if I'm speaking on it, I think everybody else got to follow as well, too. So I can't speak on something that I'm not doing. So I just figured, like, when I got the ball, just push the ball. What did you think of Rudy's jumper? <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. I wish you would have shot it again. Uh, the second time he had it, he kind of went to the basket and did a Euro. I was telling him, shoot it. And I was like, bro, he's wide. You wide open, just shoot the ball right now. And it was, I think it was like eight seconds on the shot clock. I was like, 
you didn't even have to make no move for him. The easy one was right there. But <laughs> right, <laughs> nah. But uh, <laughs> it's awesome though uh, seeing him uh, confidently take that uh, that jump shot. Uh, he shot a few uh, threes in practice recently, so I wouldn't be surprised if um, he takes one in the game and makes it. Did he make them? He did. He actually has made them. Yeah. He made them uh, – I think he shot two of them in practice during uh, training camp, So, and he made both of them. So, it's not like uh, he hasn't done it. The third one he missed, I got I got kind of pissed because I was trying to win the, uh, that, that game in practice. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think he was like two for three in practice. So, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – I think his stat was uh, – he hasn't made a three. No. All right, so he'll change that. What would you actually be for the team if he does things one? Um, I don't know, man. That's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I might, I might laugh. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's just gonna be a funny sight seeing him uh, just take being that confident, just taking that shot and you know knocking it down. I think, I mean, I got confidence in all my teammates that they're gonna make the shot and uh, you know, make the right reads. Speaking, speaking of Rudy, as the uh, team's resident fashion expert, did you see his Kusha uh, tracksuit the other night? And, and what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> if Kim Kardashian didn't wear it first, I would probably would have been like, no, I still... <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just playing. But no, nah, it was a uh, no. Nah, I like it though. That's Rudy. Like he likes that. Yeah, it was a uh, probably. I'll give it like a. I give it an A minus just for the like for the uh, for the confidence to wear a pink like that and suit. It was nice. One more about basketball. Uh, when you first got here, December two years ago. Uh, when we were talking to Quinn about you, he wanted he was pushing back on the idea that you're just a scorer, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, on the defensive side, he does everything that I ask him to do. Like nothing else, he tries. Yeah. How have you seen your defensive game change from when you got here? Um, to be honest, like through the whole preseason, like defense is all I really gave like cared about. To be honest with you, so. Uh, the offensive stuff is like easy. I know I'm a fine mind. But like figuring out defense is like super hard. And, you know, there's so many great talented players in the NBA. A lot of that stuff comes to like pride and just like angles and other stuff as well. But at the end of the day, you kind of just got to, you know, lock in and guard your man. You know, it happened to us um, in the Clipper series where they kind of like spread us out and it's just driving us. Uh, it's been a big. Uh, took like a big impact on us mentally and uh, something that we all kind of locking in and, and trying to be better at um, just guarding our yard and uh, playing defense, keeping guys in front of us and retaining. That's Jordan Clarkson, 18 points, eight boards, managed to get in a Kim Kardashian joke about uh, Rudy Gobert there. Uh, but Jordan Clarkson, always classic. Let's wrap up player sound with Donovan Mitchell. We um, we did a lot of good things this preseason. I think we saw a lot of things we can be really good at. I think this this week coming up, just hitting, hitting home on those and also hitting on things like, you know, as far as knowing the plays, knowing the actions, being uh, sharp on that by, by October 20th. But I think we're in a good spot for sure. I guess you got six days or so before things count. Right. 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 So that six days 
really valuable and you're able to focus in? Or at what point are you like antsy and you're like, okay, let's get it going? Shoot, I was antsy after last game. Um, I think I think we're at a point now, even after was it? Uh, yeah, like five days in between San Antonio and Dallas. It was like, okay, you know, we sit in Dallas and then it's like, all right, we got two weeks. Like, you know, I think from that point, it was, it was that's where we had the interviews and we talked about practice and how physical it's been. Like, that's where I feel like the energy just went to a whole different level. And you saw it on everybody's face and you saw it about how we approached practice and how we came in. Not to say we weren't doing that before, but, you know, it's gradual. You know, it's, it's, it's a gradual progression. I think that's when we really you know, started to pick things up. And then now we have one week, you know, now it's like we're, you're doing your extra conditioning, you're doing your extra shots. But now it's like, you know, you got to be sharp and on point. You know, there's no room for error. There's no nothing. We just got to be ready to go. Does that anticipation for the regular season change all of your from here, like, are you still excited? Yeah, uh, I think so. I, I mean, for me, it's, 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 it counts. This is what you, you wait for. And, you know, we, the way we lost last year, it's, it's still, you know, still fire that birds inside, you know, so it's, it's, you're ready to go. And, you know, I think that's, that's what's going to fuel us the whole week. I understand that, you know, we played solid this preseason. There are things we can definitely, like I said, improve on. But I think if we just, you know, continue to do what we're doing and then execute and lock in on the, in these next six days, we'll be good. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of it, you know, it's it's, it's crazy because I remember my exact self, you know, I talked about with Jared, it's not really knowing what the hell we're doing, you know, because you come to an organization, we, we do a lot of different things. A lot of it's rebates, a lot of it's, you know, there's plays, there's calls, there's unique names to plays that, you know, necessarily aren't in different, different situations. So having to adjust all that in a, in a two and a half week span is just tough. And, you know, Eric and, and Hassan and, and Jared have been doing a good job as far as picking it up and, and doing a good job. And you saw it tonight with him running the floor, blocking shots, being able to get the ball in the post, stuff like that. Um, so we're just continuing to build. And I think these six days allow us to really hone in on those things, especially for the new guys, you know, coming in, understanding that, look, this is what we want. This is this is where you're going to get the ball. This is where we got to be on defense, understanding we play man zone, whatever it may be. What do you remember about that battle? The, you were good enough your rookie year to score, right. but you weren't necessarily doing it kind of the way you're supposed to be doing right. it. And Jared can do that now, too. Right. What's that battle like? What do you find? I think, I think you know. For what's the battle like? You talking about for him or for me? Yeah, just as you're getting into the NBA. Uh, I think. You know, I, I tell him all the time, you know, he didn't have to necessarily get off the ball as much because he had Davion and, and Maceo. So his job was to come in and score. And it was kind of like myself at Louisville where I was kind of the guy to shoot and score. Um, so I think that's – it's a good thing to be – to have to scale back as opposed to telling him to shoot, in my opinion. I, I think that's that's pretty good. You know, he has a great feel. He's – you know, he knows how to get, you know, get a, get a bucket. So now it's about making it easier, you know, getting off it, coming right back and getting easier shots because instead of going to ISO, which is what I did a lot my rookie year, and I think that's – I see a lot of myself in that, you know, as far as having that balance. And it's all read and all comes with playing at that level. You know, for so many years, you're playing as the guy who just goes and attacks. Now, you got to understand who you're playing around, who you're playing with, and also understanding that you don't have to work as hard to score. Uh, you don't have to work as hard to make plays. You can make it one small pass, and it creates. And the pass doesn't necessarily always have to come from you. You know, I think that's one thing I, I really learned, especially when the team switch, you know, making that pass ahead and letting that person on the wing be the person that makes the pass as opposed to, Myself, or in his case, himself, making the making the, the pass, but he's he's coming along well and, and doing a really good job. He's going to be really good. Along those along those lines, he got a few kind of extended opportunities to to run the show as the as the lead guy. What what did you see from him? What kind of progress has he been showing? Uh, Poise. Uh, he's always had that. I think I said that after the San Antonio game when he came out and did his thing. But I think for him, the biggest thing, like I said, is being able to make, like he's made quarter reads, he's making the pocket passes, the lobs. And I think playing at that pace, he does it in spurts. When he plays at that pace, 
and not coming out saying, all right, I'm looking to score or I'm looking to pass. It's like coming off being aggressive. And then the opt out, the, uh, the lane or the vision, the, the, excuse me, the lane will open up, you know, don't come off predetermined what you're about to do. Cause that's how you turn the turnovers. That's how you take bad shots. Cause as we know, I've done that for, for a few years. So understanding that balance, I think is the biggest thing with him. And he's, you see it in a four game span in preseason that he's able to pick up that really quickly and be able to adjust. But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a learning experience. It's going to be ups, it's going to be downs and just staying even keeled throughout. Did you, I guess, you individually or you collectively as a team learn anything from the Bucks winning the title last year? Um, for myself, it, I didn't watch. I can't say I watched every game. I only watched game six. But the one thing I will say is you watch how guys were stars in their exact role. You know, you watch how guys were able to do things for the sake of winning, you know, the game. And I think, not to say we don't do that, but I think that's something thing I've really noticed that, you know, even tonight, you know, the, the, the way they speak to each other, the way they go out there on the court, the way they're talking about things, and it's a preseason game, it's like you feel like they've been on that journey. And I think that's where ultimately that's our goal to get to. And I think that's what this year is about, communicating with each other, understanding each other, understanding what we do exactly and being great at it. You know, I think that's what we have. We have the chemistry for it. We have the guys for it. I think that's one thing that stood out to me is everybody was locked in on what they do. Like Drew Holiday's in the read spot. Like I've never, I've never had to guard somebody in the read spot. You know what I mean? So being able to understand that as opposed to he coming from um, New Orleans where he's, you know, running the show at, at the point, you know, being able to adjust there. Chris Middleton doing his thing uh, in the mid range, but then you got PJ Tucker last year doing what he does. So there were so many different things. And obviously you have Giannis, but like there's so many different guys down the line that were just stars in what they did. And I think that's what ultimately got them to, you know, the chip. Communication. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I think last year in the playoffs, we really became really reliant. I think now understanding, contain the ball, being able to keep things, you know, in front of us, being able to scramble, being able to rotate. Um, I think that and not fouling, I think is huge as well. And I think that's, that's really where we, these six days will definitely help watching the film from the past too, because we haven't really sat down and watched. So we'll go ahead and look back at it and kind of go over examples so we can physically uh, see, you know, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong and adjust. And then also go back and practice and do it live. I think getting those reps will definitely help. Um, we often talk about uh, Dwayne Wade's mentorship role that he's played in your life. And at the end of the game, you guys definitely shared a moment. Um, are you open to sharing what happened in that moment? Um, I was talking about my conditioning. <laughs> um, I was just talking about, like, you know, things that I just want to do to get to get to continue to get in better shape. Nothing like, not to say I'm not in shape, but I think just asking them questions. I ask them questions all the time. I walk through the room in the timeout, ask them literally questions about my shoes. <laughs> you know, like I ask them anything. So um, just being able to say, like, all right, we got six days. I've never had this much time in between the preseason and the uh in the regular season so how do i you know not do too much but also not do too little being able to find that balance and he's been doing he's done it for uh 15 16 years so what better person to ask uh than him but you know it's, it's great to have a guy like that um you know like a text call and also be right there courtside but you know he's seen a lot of, he's seen so many different things in his career that you know I've, i'm gonna say in year five so i've seen things but not as much as him so just asking and just keeping it light as always as always Okay, I'm glad. Go ahead, Matt. Um, there was also a moment with the fans when you were like swarmed, yeah. which is something that we weren't really able to see last season. Right. Um, how does it feel to be able to connect with them again uh, in that way? I think it's great. You know, I think I spend more time on it now because it kind of it's like making up for for lost time. I think that's, you appreciate the love, you appreciate that we spoke on this the other day. I think you asked it, and I think you you appreciate that. You know, it's it's something that, like I said, as a kid, you know you. 
you dream you i was them you know not like you know so being able to be in my position be able to try and make every every kids every fans there i think to me means the world and it was tough it was a tough two years uh for everybody so being able to have them back and give them excitement on the floor but also just be having that interaction uh, with the fans i think means the world speaking of Back, he's been around for 16 years. Rudy Gay has been able to, old guy. Yeah, the old guy. <laughs> he hasn't been able to be on the floor with you guys, but Jordan mentioned that he said, like, really engaged with you guys. How has how that played out? Uh, man, he's, for a guy who hasn't done anything as far as playing, he's done a lot. You know, I think he's been a voice. He's been, you know, someone who sees things as far as schematics, as far as what we're doing. Um, I personally have, you know, pulled him aside and asked questions like I always do. And he's been able to give me insight on different things. And, you know, he's a guy that's, that's seen a lot. You know, obviously we have Mike, we have Rudy, we have Joe, um, Boyan, guys who've seen, but he's been in the league 16 years, played against the greats, played with the greats. And, you know, he was always, we even had a conversation where he's talking about his, his toughest defense, toughest guys to guard, why were they tough? Like just be giving you, giving all of his insight on why each great, you know, or each person was, was good at what they do. And I think for myself, ultimately where I want to be, is, you know, be able to play 16 years, ultimately want to be one of the greats of the game and being able to listen to someone and speak with someone who has that experience, who has played against the greats, being able to come in and speak and, and, and kind of teach you things and give you the ins and outs and kind of the tricks of the trade, basically, I think is, is definitely helpful, but more towards the team he's been phenomenal. There is Donovan Mitchell, 12 points on 5 of 8 shooting, and as he mentioned there, the Jazz now have 6 days off until they open up the season next Wednesday uh, when the Oklahoma City Thunder will be in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6. That's the best of the post-game show. When we return, what is trending? All the headlines next.